Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 93, Enos. Hello, friends. Hello, everywhere. I hope everything's going good for you this week. It has been almost two years. I think it's on the 28th. I should have that date memorized. But it has been almost two years that I have been doing the Sister Scriptorians podcast. And thank you for tuning in each week. I can tell that you are loyal and that you keep me on the weekly. (laughs) The weekly check-in to listen to what each episode has to offer. Thank you. And to express my gratitude to you, I want to encourage you to go to sisterscriptorians.com. So I have begun the process. I emphasize the word begun because it's not perfect yet. It's not complete. But I have begun to upload the past episodes. And as much as I feel it appropriate to do, I have been attaching ponder prompts to these episodes to help you personally internalize what we're learning each week. And so sign up today. Go to sisterscriptorians.com, sign up, make it official, become a Sister Scriptorian, and start receiving these ponder prompts that you can download as many times as you want. I hope it will help. Today we are in Enos, and I can't think of anyone who isn't wowed by Enos. I mean, come on, an all-day prayer and into the night. It's pretty remarkable. And he has a remarkable experience with God being able to hear the voice of the Lord in his head, giving him great comfort and confidence. And today I want to dig a little deeper into what we can learn from Enos, not only from his example, but the pattern that opened up the heavens to him and enabled him to be able to receive personal revelation. Because you know, those of us who are doing our homework, that President Nelson gave, who are trying to receive personal revelation more clearly and frequently in our lives, The book of Enos is gold. It's short. It's just 27 verses. But if you or a loved one ever doubts whether or not God answers prayers, I encourage you to slowly comb through the book of Enos and to highlight and internalize all of the doctrine that's jam-packed in there. So that's what we're going to attempt to do today. So who is Enos? He is the son of Jacob. Jacob has now passed down the small plates of Nephi to his son Enos. And just like Nephi did, Enos begins his book by honoring his father, by recalling his father's attributes and his efforts. You get a sense of gratitude that Enos has had for his father because he begins his book by highlighting it. Enos adds his witness that his father Jacob was a just man that he taught his son in his language, that he taught his son in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And what that means to me is that Jacob attempted to make his home a loving home where the gospel was preached, where God was honored and prayed for, but that his characteristics were known and that Jacob was trying his very best to emulate the nurture of God. I don't think there's anything more loving that a parent can do 
than to try their best to show their children the kind of love that God has for them. And as we begin Enos, the first truth that bubbles up for me is that it is not uncommon to feel that while we are preparing ourselves to commune with God, that it's sometimes going to feel like a wrestle. Jacob is a very descriptive writer. Have you noticed? He uses a lot of verbs and adjectives. And one word that he uses to describe his experience was that it was a wrestle for him. And sincere prayer can sometimes be like that, or at least in my experience. Sometimes it's a wrestle to get my thoughts in order. And it's a wrestle to get the words out. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest, it's a wrestle to pray in the first place. It's a wrestle sometimes to stay focused. (laughs) Does anyone else experience that? And sometimes it's a wrestle to know your own mind, to figure out what you're praying for, what you desire, to, to cast off your pride and to align your will with God's. My point is, don't be afraid of the wrestle. Don't become discouraged by it. And believe that voice in your head that's telling you, oh, there's something wrong with you. Or you're doing this whole prayer thing wrong because it feels so hard. It takes effort to pray to God. Parting the veil can sometimes take a lot of spiritual muscle. So instead of giving in, step up. Remember, this is communicating with a heavenly being. And engagement with this being is crucial and necessary. It is unlike any other engagement you have throughout your day. It's different. Now, as I read Enos, I couldn't tell if this was a calling of Enos in becoming a prophet or if this was just one of the building blocks of Enos's testimony. And then I decided, you know what, it doesn't matter. What we do know is that when Enos, who declared the word of God all of his days, when he sat down to think about what to contribute to the small plates that had been made by his uncle Nephi, he chose a very personal experience intended to witness of the real process of God answering prayers. Of all of the experiences that Enos must have had, he chose this one. He knew that this one would uniquely add to this treasure of spiritual knowledge that we have. He begins by saying that he was out hunting beasts in the forest and his mind was pondering the words of his father. And because of the way that verse 1 starts out, I assume that Enos was doing this in a spirit of gratitude. I believe he was pondering these words of his father with gratitude and desire. So begin your wrestle gratefully. Next, think about or ponder the words of God. Recall his language in your mind. Desire to have it sink deep into your soul. Of all of the things that Enos could have been thinking about while he was hunting wild beasts, he was contemplating his father's words about eternal life and about the joy of the saints. And these words sunk deep into his heart and his soul hungered. What is your soul hungering for? What words of God are you turning over in your mind, allowing them to sink into your heart until its life-sustaining properties are all you desire? You're hungry for them. 
And because that is what food is to us, it is comfort, it is happiness, and it is life-sustaining. Allow yourself to be hungry for and then be fed by the Word of God. It doesn't say, but likening my experience to that of Enos's, I'm, I'm assuming that Enos is asking himself questions about these things that he has heard from his father. Questions like, I want that. How? How do I get it? What do I lack? Can that be true for me? What do I need to eliminate from my life so that I can have that? How have I seen it to be true in my life? How far off am I from being able to obtain those blessings? And then specifically thinking about Jacob's words about the joy of the saints, I know (laughs) that I would be pondering, am I feeling joy? Am I? Or why aren't I? What brings me joy? And for me, it's usually, how can I feel more? (laughs) I want more. How can I feel more joy? Also something that is unstated at this point but definitely implied by the word hungered, is that Enos had a desire for answers, perhaps to know for himself. And later on, we will discover that he desired a remission of his sins. So, so far, we have the principle of gratitude at work. To have your mind filled with the word of God, to be asking questions And also to have a desire of the good things that God has to offer us. Desire it. Next, Enos kneeled before his maker. He didn't lay in his bed. That would have been ridiculous because he is in the forest. (laughs) But he stopped what he was doing and he focused. I am really good about going about my day with a prayer in my heart. Just periodically checking in with Father, expressing gratitude, or asking for help. But I appreciate the example that Enos shared that he stopped to speak to deity. He got into the position to receive revelation. He got into the correct position for humanity to speak to deity. But also notice that Enos stopped his important task. He stopped hunting. I'm sure he was hunting for food or for warmth to use for a purpose, but he stopped what he was doing to pray to Father. And then Enos cried unto the Father. He raised his voice high that it reached the heavens. Whether we learn this concept from Enos or from Joseph Smith, there must be a power attached to us vocally crying to the Lord. Not just saying it in our minds, and there's nothing wrong with those kind of prayers. I just am pointing out the significance of using our voice. And what did Enos use his voice for? He used it to ask of God. In verse 4, it says that Enos cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul. Supplication means the action of asking or begging for something earnestly and humbly. And he was doing this for his own soul. And all the day long he did this. Which leads us to the last point. Don't give up. Enos didn't. He had a desire and he was willing to ask and 
take the time needed. As long as this wrestle was going to take, Enos was all in. So be all in on your prayers. And there came a voice unto me saying, Enos, thy sins are forgiven and thou shalt be blessed. What a beautiful message. Oh, I wonder how many of us crave this experience. And I wonder how many of us the Lord desires to give it to. I believe on his part, it's 100% of us. And the principle that we learn in verse 6 in Enos's response to the heavenly message he received, the amazing message he received. And I, Enos, knew that God could not lie. Wherefore, my guilt was swept away. Because Enos knew the true characteristics of God, he was easily able to accept the message that he received. He didn't argue with the validity of the message or doubt the possibility of ever being forgiven. He knew God can't lie. He knew all good gifts come from God. He knows God is merciful and he knows that God is just. And he knows that God is not more of one of these than he is of the others. Now, it isn't to say that Enos didn't wonder at how it was possible that his sins were forgiven. Like, how does this work? And how his guilt could be taken away, which I want you to think about. What guilt are you carrying around with you? That has become like a grafted in appendage. Imagine it being swept away. What would you be like? What would you feel? And what would you be willing to do? Or what would you be able to do if it were gone? The answer to Enos's question about how it is possible for his sins to be forgiven is the answer is our faith in Jesus Christ can make us whole. If we are looking for a 10-step plan on the internet, nicely bullet pointed for us on our favorite blog or on Pinterest, don't look any further. It's about developing your faith in Jesus Christ, believing in who he says he is, believing in who he says you are, believing in his ways that they are the way, and believing in his ability to write your course and to be your compass and to be the way back to Father and his kingdom. It is he and he alone that can make you whole and bring relief to whatever burden that you are carrying today. Think about what source of good can you be in the world if you were just free from this burden. So Enos shows us what force he's willing to be when he is relieved from this guilt. And I think there's truth to this concept that when we are relieved from from the feelings of guilt, that we feel guilt meaning that we're aware that we did something wrong and maybe we feel less than because of it or maybe we feel unqualified or we hold ourselves back and we act small. And don't believe that we can do amazing things because we don't believe that we're good enough or maybe we feel the weight of the shame or the guilt upon us and we just don't know how to shed it off of us. But once Enos was relieved from his guilt and he knew that he was in good standing with God, his thoughts then were able to turn to his brethren, the Nephites. Do you see that? Enos now can be charitable. He didn't need to be consumed with himself and his struggles and his pains any longer. He was free and his thoughts could now more freely turn to others. 
because he had heard the voice of the Lord in his mind, which is another principle. Take note. I imagine that Enos also was then feeling a partnership with God. Their wills were now aligning, and Enos was communing with God, and he was now a part of God's work, and his limitations were now becoming uninhibited, and he poured out his whole soul unto God. He wanted nothing to be held back. I believe that we can do anything when we know that we are right with God. Sister Scriptorians, you need to have the same experience. How freeing to not hold anything back from Father, but to pour your whole soul unto Him. Because you are trusting in who He is and you are confident that He accepts you. And I believe that God needs you to have this experience. That this is what the sacrament is supposed to be for us. A chance to lay down our burdens and to partner with God and then to rise from our seats and care more about the others that we see and to then love on them because we are no longer needing to nurse our own wounds and our own hurts. The Lord reminds Enos of the principle when he answers Enos about the Nephites, that the Lord visits us according to our diligence in keeping his commandments. So I can see now as you're reading this, can't you see that Enos is now pumped? He's excited. He's confident. Not only has he received a remission of his sins, but he's also received the promise that the Nephites can have the same experience that he's having if they will be diligent in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Which this shows us that the more experience that we have with revelation, the more confident and unshakable our faith becomes. Because the next part is going to take a lot of faith. Enos is about to do the big ask. He prays for his enemies, the Lamanites. Remember last week how Jacob said that the Lamanites were coming up continually against them. Well, here are some characteristics that Enos preserves for us about the Lamanites. It's now been about 179 years since Lehi left Jerusalem. The Lamanites desired to destroy the record of the Nephites. They desired to destroy the Nephites and then all the traditions of their fathers. Enos says that the Lamanites' hatred for the Nephites was fixed, despite the Nephites' attempts to restore the Lamanites to the true faith. Instead of being influenced by faith, the Lamanites were led by their evil natures and were wild, ferocious, bloodthirsty, idolatrous, and filthy. And these behaviors were used to continually seek to destroy the Nephites. Yet, Enos prayed that the record of the Nephites would be protected and that the record would be brought to the Lamanites one day. That is so cool. Think about your enemy who is out to get you. But because Enos is feeling charitable and because his sins, his guilt are swept away and he knows that his brethren can receive this great promise too, he now is just, he is filled with the charitable spirit, the pure love of Christ, and he wants his, his brethren, his enemies, the Lamanites, to receive all of the good knowledge and gospel truth that his life has been blessed by. Can you say the same thing about your enemies? And the Lord covenanted with Enos that, his, that in his own due time, 
this would come to pass. Because Enos believed God could do this, even for the Lamanites. Because Enos knew God's nature. And because Enos's will was now aligned with the will of God, it was revealed to Enos that whatsoever thing ye shall ask in faith, believing that ye shall receive it in the name of Christ, ye shall receive it. I believe in the principle of praying for people who treat you poorly, not to change them. I mean, sometimes, once, (laughs) I recall a heart being softened and they came to me asking to reconcile and they made the effort. But uh, I don't know. I just, I find that it changes me. I, like you, have experienced the unkindness of others. I've been hurt by their insecurities. I have been misunderstood. And sometimes I have handled these experiences poorly, which I don't recommend. (laughs) And other times, I have prayed for them. After I have done what I could, I have then prayed. Personally, I don't find praying for them to have a change of heart very effective. That's just me. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, I pray that they will, you know, have their heart softened towards me. I, I just, I haven't found that to be effective. But what I have found to be helpful is I pray for the concerns I imagine of their hearts. That I pray that they'll be heard. That their righteous desires will be met. That their fears will be comforted. And that they will find security in their goodness and that it will be strengthened. What is changing for me in that moment is my heart and it is my focus. There is a power that enters my heart. It is the power to not hate and it is the power to not crumble. It's also the power to not hand over my power to someone who can't even handle it in the first place. It is the power to not despair. You see, when I do this, when Enos was doing this, we, were, we are no longer victims. Instead, we're partners with God. I become a creator, creating an experience, the experience of an empowered woman who desires good to come to all. I want you to draw your attention to the Nephites and all that they had done to rectify things with their enemies. They just didn't sit in their homes and pray that God would fix everything. But they were working. They were taking risks of trying to teach the truth to the Lamanites, even though the Lamanites were continually attacking them. But there is something to praying for those that mistreat you, especially when you can't get through to them. It gives you rest, which is exactly what Enos received. He knew that through the Redeemer, Everything was going to be okay, and that is available to you as well. At this time of the Nephites' history, things were going okay. They were prospering. They were tilling the land. They were raising all manner of grain and fruit along with their flocks of cattle and goats and horses. However, they were becoming a stiff-necked people, and they were having a difficult time understanding despite the many prophets that were teaching among them. And Enos was one of those prophets. 
and he prophesied of things to come, and he testified of both things that he had heard and that he had seen. But they were struggling. In verse 23, it says, And there was nothing save it was exceeding harshness, preaching and prophesying of wars and contentions and destructions, and continually reminding them of death and the duration of eternity and the judgments and the power of God. And all these things, stirring them up continually to keep them in the fear of the Lord. I say there was nothing short of these things, an exceedingly great plainness of speech would keep them from going down speedily to destruction. Yikes. I know when we're supposed to read the word fear of the Lord in the scriptures, we're supposed to think of respect for the Lord. But yet it does remind me of what extent the prophets were having to go to that they were trying to kind of also bring up some fear as to how long eternity is and what destruction means to keep these people from going down speedily to destruction. I can tell you that a change of heart and empowerment that we seek better comes through the experience that Enos had where he went seeking than from threatenings of destruction that the Nephites were requiring to stay in line. Sister Scriptorians, when we partner with God, we can do amazing things. You've seen it in your life. You know it. We can feel amazing things. We can believe and we can have the impact that God desires us to have in our own spheres. But most importantly, we can hear Him. Begin with gratitude. Ponder the good words of God in your heart and allow them to fill your mind so that you are familiar with his language. Take your questions to him and state your righteous desires. Don't be afraid to ask him to redeem you. Kneel before him and ask in the spirit a supplication, earnestly yet humbly, begging him for your soul. Raise your voice to heaven, your vocal voice, using the power that he has given you. And don't give up while remembering his characteristics and exercising your faith in Jesus Christ confidently until his voice comes to you. Don't give up. Sister Scriptorians, continue doing your homework that President Nelson gave us on how to receive personal revelation, whatsoever thing ye shall ask in faith. Believing that ye shall receive in the name of Christ, you shall receive it. Study Enos and write down the doctrine that you learn from his experience. Know that there is rest available to you in Jesus Christ when you ask in faith. So start the wrestle. Make today a great day.